You know what PTSD is, at least to a certain extent. You've heard about it. You may have even suffered from it. But today on Education Eclipse, we're going to talk to Greg Urquhart, a counseling psychology student at Washington State University's College of Education. Education news and research. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Thanks for joining us on Education Eclipse. I'm your host, Brandon Chapman. And Greg, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your research. No problem. The title of your research is Native American Veterans' Preferences for PTSD Treatment Programs, which I know that sounds like a mouthful, but we'll break it down. And it's, it's basically Native American veterans that have PTSD, you know, how, to, how do we best treat them? What is the research trying to do or show? Well, for one, I think it's very important to highlight that there's been very little research done with this particular population of United States veterans. Um, There's several aspects that make their population unique, one of which is that most uh, treatment modalities we use commonly for treatment with PTSD don't seem to work as well with the Native population. Why are natives different, you know, with the PTSD? And, and I can imagine there are a lot of healing methodologies that, that are, like, from Western civilization. But why are natives different or unique? What are some of the theories out there? Or you, as a native, you know, what do you feel is, is a difference between natives and, and the rest of the general population? I think one of the biggest barriers for native peoples engaging in treatments out there, especially through like the VA, which the majority of our veterans go through the VA for their services, is that, as you said, they're all based on a Western model of therapy for the most part. And on top of that, a lot of times the people that are there are not trained in Native culture, don't understand or respect the culture, or may inadvertently offend individuals. And that tends to keep a lot of our Native veterans from going back to these services once you've had that type of an experience. So on one hand, a lot of natives aren't getting the uh, the amount, I guess, of of treatment they need. But but some of those some some of those treatments don't seem to fit with the the culture. Is that that's correct? What cultural differences are there that why we would see natives have such a high number? Because the number that you cite in your research is, I mean, it's astronomical. Like what what is the general percentage of of veterans that have PTSD, and what is it within natives? Within the general population, prevalence rates have been quoted by various numbers. Um, the most up-to-date research by Peterson shows that between 5 to 17% of current veterans observed in Iraq or Afghanistan have PTSD or PTSD-like symptoms. And we hear about these all the time on the news. I mean, they, it makes a splash. and You hear about uh, some of the, usually the higher-profile cases that mm. somebody with PTSD, you know, that, that's struggling usually unfortunately does something takes their own life or does something heinous so we know that that five to seventeen percent is is a big deal but that's nothing compared to natives right there's uh, some research out there from a fellow named manson and he's estimated within his tribal population that he studied upwards of 50 percent may have ptsd uh yeah there's a small difference there 50 down to the five to seventeen percent so again back to a cultural thing why? Why is it that 50% um, of natives might suffer from PTSD? And as hard as it is, and, and as hard as 5 to 17%, that's, that's nothing compared to 50. Why? And I should point out the 50 is the upper marker, but it's generally believed to be significantly higher than general population. That's for several reasons. Um, one of the most significant reasons is what we call historical trauma. Uh, with native peoples, we've suffered a genocide that's lasted for hundreds of years. And although people aren't actively fighting us in our own country anymore, 
that trauma that our ancestors experienced is still with us to this day. And so you have trauma that's historical, that's impacted us down to the present day with reservation systems. And then you have the fact that the world in general, at least to a native perspective, negates our worldviews. I mean, if I were to go out as a traditional native, I were to go out and start talking about how the rock has a spirit, the trees have a spirit, most people on this campus would look at me like I was crazy because we are ingrained in this Eurocentric perspective. It's very interesting. And I know natives, you know, there are a lot of things at play to different different forms of uh, of healing. You know, we, we talk about Western civilization, but there is some value to the spiritual healing uh, and data to prove this, uh, as well as human-animal interaction, which we do here at Washington State University. Uh, you, in fact, you're involved in some of the equine therapy, so therapy with horses. That's correct. What, what, ha- what kind of experience has that been? It's been a wonderful opportunity for me to be a part of that program. We've seen tremendous growth in our veteran participants that have engaged in that program. Um, I should say it's not marketed as a healing program, but it still has a lot of those therapeutic benefits to it. Um, one such thing, particularly as it relates to PTSD and why we're starting to see people endorse equine therapy for treatment in PTSD, is among the VA's studies that they've done, they've found a lot of veterans gain confidence in overcoming anxiety, they gain more social skills they might have kind of lost as a result of PTSD and being very guarded, they're able to open up more. And with equine therapy, it's not marketed as therapy. So like within the military, there's a stigma on mental health. If you go to seek mental health as a soldier, sailor, airman, whatever you wanna, whatever branch your title is, there's a belief that's not typically spoken of that you can't be trusted. You may find that your weapon status is pulled, which can affect promotion. You may find other adverse results. There is no confidentiality in the military system for mental health. So unless you see a private therapist, it's not confidential because in the military, the good of the unit outweighs the good of the individual. With your research specifically, you know what kind of aspects or treatment do you think that this will help with? Is it just trying to advise people of, of this? Are we trying to help inform policy? What is the end result? The end result of this is twofold. One is to inform policy across the board. There's been very little research and none pan-tribally that covers the majority of tribes in the U.S. What research has been done by a few individuals is focused in on one or two specific tribes. So we're trying to inform policy at a national level with organizations like the VA, IHS. And then we're also trying to give tribal nations the ability to advocate for themselves and create their own internal treatment plans. Because the results of the survey, if you look at them, are basically a blueprint for how Native veterans would like to see PTSD programs run. Are there specific tribes that you look at with your research, or is it so comprehensive that you are looking at at the variety of different tribes and and factoring in, you know, all those differences? We have looked at a variety of the tribes. We actually have over 600 participants in our survey, representing 175 distinct tribal affiliations. No kidding. And as you mentioned, and I'm glad you brought that up, because a, uh, a lot of research out there in various capacities fails to hit on that point, that Native Americans are not a homogenous group. We're <laughs> not all 100% alike from every tribe. There are differences in each tribe. And this simple fact is that majority of tribes have a lot of overlapping commonalities, but there are distinct, unique differences in every tribe you go to. However, the common aspects from what we're seeing on our survey, are kind of really highlighted through that work. Uh, pretty much across the board, they're all saying the same thing. 
many civilians will will try to understand and I would imagine that you would get closer to understanding if you have been a veteran at least but until you are both a veteran and a member of the you know Native American community you probably don't just don't get it you know 100 percent I mean is that a fair assessment that seems fairly accurate there's um just like with any culture you know you can say you have some competence with the culture and some knowledge of the culture but until you're immersed in that culture, whether it's a European culture, an Asian culture, native culture, there's so many varying aspects to it that it really tends to be a barrier. Like you mentioned, there's twofold with our native veterans. One is the world doesn't generally have a deep appreciation, understanding of our native traditions and culture. And then being a veteran on top of that, if you haven't served, it's very difficult to understand that culture. And that is its own distinct culture as well. It's the only cultural identity that you kind of have volunteered to do, which makes it unique among. That's a fair point. This research is sponsored by the Society of Indian Psychologists, I saw, uh, an organization that, frankly, I didn't know existed. Tell us a little bit about the organization and if WSU specifically has a chapter within that. Um, yeah, first off, I would like to say it's supported. It's not sponsored. Okay. Um, basically, we did receive some limited support from the Plateau Center here with stamps and envelopes when we were mailing out our survey, but this entire survey was done without any money, any sponsorship. But if they would like to sponsor, (laughs) (laughs) here's who you call. So it was supported by. So tell me about the Society of uh, Indian Psychologists, what what their role is and what your involvement is with that. Certainly. Um, I serve as the founding member and president of the WSU chapter of the Society of Indian Psychologists. And within our chapter, we are the second student chapter within the United States and the first on the West Coast. And we started up about two years ago. And the name psychologist, as far as our organization goes, it's a loose term. We aren't going to kick people out if they're not psychologists. In fact, we welcome people from all backgrounds, whether they're indigenous, whether they're not, if they have an interest in learning about Native peoples and the issues. And we welcome anyone but Particularly, our organization tends to gather people from the health sciences, education, social justice, um, psychology area. People who care about the issue. Generally. How, how big is the national chapter, or the national organization, I should say? I don't have any figures on our national organization, but I know it's well over a 1,000 members. It's the largest uh, Native American organization within the field of psychology. And just to show you how little I knew, <laughs> um, Greg... Why did you personally decide to focus on this as your research and and not something else? Uh, You are a veteran. Did you suffer from PTSD or or do you currently, um, or or have you been very close to people who have in in that role, um, you know, as a veteran and and then also, you know, Native American? I, when I first came back from Iraq, I would say I had very mild symptoms that may have qualified as PTSD. Um, they did go away, as is a fair point to say, is the majority of people with PTSD do recover and get better, because there seems to be a miscommunication out there, too, that individuals who have PTSD never get better, which is a complete fallacy. But um, what impacted me more than, I would say, my minor symptoms is individuals I served with that had significant PTSD symptoms and significant impairment in functioning. And seeing those type of experiences from Native vets and non-Native vets But then when you add the Native American component to it, it's a further form of isolation because people don't understand Native culture and how that intersects with military culture. And so Native American veterans tend to greatly underutilize healthcare services. They're out there, and yet we don't utilize them. 
And so my driving goal with this research was to create the blueprint for a plan that would encourage Native American veterans to come to treatment or healing, however you want to um, describe it, because there is a difference between healing and treatment. And some Native veterans will go more for the healing aspect, which involves the traditional ceremonies, and some will go more for a somewhat Eurocentric approach of healing. But I wanted to get some research out there on that, because you can't inform policy without research. And unfortunately, very little attention has been paid to our Native veterans, and that needs to change. Okay, well, we're happy to, to do whatever we got to do on our end. Uh, it's nice having you here in the College of Education, first of all. We believe strongly in the, the counseling psychology program and some of the great work that's being done. Thank you for your service to our country, and let's just see if we can get the word out there. Absolutely. All right, thanks for joining us on Education Eclipse. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.